Have you guys seen John Wick four? Like, yes, not yet. No, it's no. so she good. like um heals John from his like ch- trauma that he is like so yeah, cursed yeah. with the entire franchise. <laughs> He's like, I didn't know like, I had uh, this trauma of being like Asian, but yeah. you healed me of it. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Keanu's Keanu is like. I think a percentage Asian, like he's a percentage. Yeah, he's something. Yeah. He's something. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you know what? Something. I'm gonna redact he's myself saying right. that and let any of the three of you guys say that instead. How's that sound? So is is save my love to John about John Wick? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. On that Ooh. note, let's start the episode. <laughs> Click. <laughs> Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to that. I've been meaning to listen to that. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Hey everybody, welcome to I've Been Mean to Listen to That, the podcast where we go through albums we've been mean to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. I'm Andrew Ambrose Lee. I'm Michael Limitado. And I'm Stanley Go Leafs Go Philippe. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> go Leafs Go! Hey Canada, what did you say? The drinks of Leafs are going to fall today. today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was that? I love it. It's the song from like it's like the Chicago Cubs yeah. song that like adapted it to oh, your when, I like when, it. when me and Hayden were up in Vancouver, which I know Vancouver does not speak French, but I I kept uh-huh. saying to like every time we'd pass by somebody and we were like out of earshot, I'd be like bonjour, bonjour <laughs> to Hayden, and he was like, like stop yeah. saying bonjour. <laughs> yeah, they, they hated you out there. Yeah, for yeah sure. they're like we speak English. <laughs> bonjour, yeah. great, great bit. <laughs> like French is like a language. I feel like I can imitate that. It's an accent. It's a problematic free accent you can do. Like anyone can right, do yeah, that yeah. French accent. And feel they're higher amazing. up the food chain than us. <laughs> right, I'm. Yeah, right. That's like, right. I'm punching up at French people still. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Well, speaking of food chain, uh, she's a writer, improviser, actor, CBS Diversity Showcase, and Second City alum, and knows how to fry up a mean tonkatsu. It's Caitlin Tanimoto, everybody. Yay! 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 So happy to be here. I've been listening hey. to music in years. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sick. I really was like, wow, I really don't listen to any new music this was exciting (laughs) right so like you said um in our little communications before the show you talked about how you only listen to like five artists basically and that's it like tell us a little bit about that what's your music history okay i only i like only listen to mariah carey and like beyonce (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then jay-z and kanye but (laughs) He's so problematic. I had to stop listening to him. So now it's just a lot of like. Down to four. Beyonce. Yeah, I'm down to four. I was down an artist. So that's perfect. You got a fifth one now. So that's really great. Uh, is that really it for your musical history? Like, uh, you I mean, I listen to like other stuff, but that's like mainly what I listen to. And 
I work at like um, one of my part-time jobs is like uh, working at a stationary place, and I just listen to like Dateline podcasts all day. That's so great. Not, what's your What's I'm your not favorite? listening to a lot of music, so this was really cool. <laughs> what's your favorite Mariah Carey album? Oh, Fantasy. Okay, Fantasy. Mm. Okay, and Hardcore. then that was my first CD I ever got. What about oh, song? Wow. I, I want to go even further. Next step song. Oh. Is it from Fantasy or is it somewhere else? It would probably be fantasy or always be my baby. Uh, have, you, have you seen Bo is Afraid? No. Yeah. Oh, yes. Go, go see it. Should I watch no, no that? Spoilers, yes, but go they, see it. They use that yeah. song. Okay, they I got to watch that. that. Yeah. Bo is Afraid? Yeah. yeah I got to log it. that. <laughs> so good. Oh, my God. And then tell us when you see it, okay? Like, just send I, us I, like I, a, a one-liner. Um, send us DM. DM you guys. Yeah. You guys are my uh, cultural, uh, my cultural contacts now. For all things. Yeah. <laughs> Your hub. Uh, uh, yeah. Like today we're going to talk about Rina Soyama. Like, <laughs> like this is like kind of our bridge episode from AAPI month into queer, like uh, pride month, basically. Cool. Um, Cause like, she's like kind of at this intersection of um, she's Japanese, British Japanese, but also every gay person loves her. Yeah, every gay person loves her. She's pansexual, and uh, I think this is like this would be like a great kind of transitionary point. So, uh, Caitlin, I guess uh, a question that might be fun might not be fun, but like, what is your relationship to uh, your ethnicity? Do you have how much do you think about it? Is that something you consider, or what is your relationship to it? <laughs> I mean, my whole family is uh, Japanese, like everybody married Japanese people, but we're like fourth generation. So very Asian American, very Japanese American. I just found out, I thought my grandpa was born in Japan, but he was actually born in Los Angeles. (laughs) So I was like, oh, so no, like my great, great grandparents were all born in LA. My grandma was born in LA. We're all like LA Japanese Americans. And I was like, oh, so how did that that work? It's very insulated. Everybody knows everybody. You know what was weird, though, is my family moved to Orange County. So I was was like in Orange County with a lot of white people. And then on weekends, we would go drive an hour to like Norwalk to play in this Japanese basketball league. And that was always interesting to me. I'd be like with white people all week. And then on the weekends, it was just all Japanese little girls playing basketball. (laughs) I guess like being fourth generation Japanese, but like growing up in America your entire life and having so many of your uh, parents and grandparents like be from America. Do you, is there less kind of like complication with your identity and stuff like that? Do you kind of, do you feel fragmented or do you feel like, yeah, this is just this is just what it is. It's pretty great. I mean, I think for me, it was like I always felt like I belonged, like because my that's like lovely. some of my you know some of my friends are like uh, <laughs> you know like adopted or whatever, so like they don't know their like heritage. So I always felt like oh, I have a strong Japanese community. Like my family's huge. Like our Christmases were like fifty people, but then like when I went out into wow. the world, I was like oh, it's very white. <laughs> And then I started like acting and I was like, oh, they don't, they don't see me the way I see me. And that was jarring. And I think doing that CBS diversity showcase, really, that's when it hit me. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm being seen in a way that I never, 
I was so insulated in my community. I I always saw myself mm-hmm. as just like me. <laughs> Be like I'm like a white guy on the inside, and then like it's been interesting the past like I'd say four years, just with all the like you know Asian the Asian hate and like the hate crimes. I was like, oh, it's hitting me. I'm becoming aware. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Heavy, I, like, heavy I stuff, like, you guys. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to get heavier. When well, <laughs> I first gonna, song like, on it, I was like, minor feelings. I'm like, wow. Yeah. I've never listened to a Japanese like artist who so eloquently put how I was specifically feeling in a song. So, Caitlin, did you have any uh, connection at all with Rina Soyama? Did you know of her? At, or anything about her at all? No, I'd never heard of her. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> I had never heard of her. I'm. She's I a little. Up, in she's on the ups these days. Yeah. She, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think so. Now that she's like becoming an actress, she's like a world pop star. When I was listening to her, I was like, "Is this like? It sounds like Dua Lipa." And then I was like, "Oh, she is. She's a pop star. She's a youth mm-hmm. pop star." Yeah, I live under a rock. <laughs> What do you do all day? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm watching a lot of true crime. I'm tying ribbons. I'm doing shows. Yo, what do I? I'm like a little alien. What am I doing here? <laughs> checks out. Checks yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Great question by me. Uh, um, what about Stanley? What do you? Did you have any preconceived notion? Any history of Rina Soyama at all? Yeah, this is going to shock our loyal listeners, but I, I had never heard of her either, and I typically know. All of the artists that we cover, so um, so I had never heard of her before, um, but I know a lot about her. I can tell her she is, like you said, she is uh, British Japanese, and uh, she uh, started off doing music at the age of one, right from her right from her little toddler years. She was doing the music thing and uh, and went to school actually uh, in the UK, but went to a Japanese school in the UK until she was ten years old. So just a, lo- a couple nuggets to give you all, because as you all know on this podcast, I'm the one who does all the research that looks at the lyrics and really knows what's <laughs> happening. And so I just want to warm the audience up. So not a lot beforehand, a lot more now. And I'm super excited to share all of my knowledge in five minutes or less. Oh, yeah. done. <laughs> done. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Any questions? But but I will say this, like like listening to her, I don't know if we're going to jump into it right now, but like listen to her, like you said, Caitlin. Uh, I got so many, I actually wrote down all the different pop artists influences I heard in each track. And yeah. and it's like, on the one hand, I was thinking, oh, wow, she's just trying to do a song that's like them. But on the other hand, I was thinking, if I had to p- pick a pop artist to sing her songs, which ones would I pick? And in both ends, I think she does a really awesome job of showcasing pop music. Like she is like the perfect yeah. pop up pop artist. Uh, for the 21st century, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like she has this really great pop instinct, but she's also like artistically, like there's so much artist artistry, like like fruit mm-hmm. there, basically. Like it's like real, like there's artistic integrity is what I mean to say. It just like, oh, it's about, it's about something, man. It's like, it's <laughs> yeah. really. <laughs> yeah, she's the queen of it's about something. Like really, yeah. especially in pop music, which most pop music is like, what if we danced and then had sex? Like, not not to be, like, too <laughs> reductive, but, you know. 
Actually, yeah. hey, two great things. I mean, I feel, like, I feel like I sound like my like Christian mom when I say that, but that's like really actually what pop music is mostly about. So whatever. And and uh, also like one more thing to Stanley's point, I think that chameleon element is kind of the experience of being Asian American mm-hmm. a little bit. Like you're kind of having to like look at these other people and go, I guess I'll try that. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Ang Lee is a great example of a director who like, oh wow, that guy directed Brokeback Mountain and you know Life of Pi and this and like they're all Sense and Sensibility and all this stuff. It's just like, oh that deep well of empathy is just like so i can do all these genres and stuff so i think also the timing of the album right it was i mean it was done during the pandemic and i think that she i mean she talked about in this interview i listened to where she was so annoyed about zoom meetings and having to record things over you know her phone and send it over i think that she was like tell me about it it's so much fun (laughs) (laughs) I, i think that she was like on every track she mentioned how she found the melody melody and then that track became like a genre onto itself so so, so this collection of songs is kind of like what do you do when you're stuck during a pandemic you just try to find every side of yourself and then express it in whatever medium is your available to you and for her it was music so she like expressed her fun side her flirty side her introspective childlike side man i'm really being good today this is a really good episode uh, <laughs> really deep. I'm really deep. I'm, I'm plugged in. I'm, I'm holding on here. Um, so yeah. So anyway. So so I think that was. It's a really cool way of thinking about what did we all do during the pandemic to better ourselves, and how were we able to express that in not improvement, but that uh, uh, analysis, a self analysis through whatever is available to us. So. That's how I like to look at this album. She got famous mm-hmm. um, with Soyama. Like she kind of like broke through in like she finally got a, like a label and like released an album and it was critically acclaimed. It was during the pandemic and she was promoting it during the pandemic, but she still felt kind of unsettled. So like she went into like this very, very intense therapy the entire like to to write this album. Like so, so I think t- to your point. Um, so Michael, what about you? Like, what's your history with Rina? I love Rina Soyama. Um, I've been a fan since, uh, Rina, self-titled Rina. Um, Cherry, a single that made it on a no album is one of my favorite songs that she's produced. It's a, it's like a queer pop song. Uh, it doesn't really sound like the music that she makes now. Um, it's kind of like clearly a play for radio a little bit, but it's very, very good. Um, I have seen her live. I saw her in New York City uh, last year. Uh, she puts on a great show. It was right. It was a couple weeks before she released this album. So um, she previewed uh, what, what song? Catch Me in the Air, um, which was so good. And I was when I heard that her sing that song, I was just like, she slays like I, I have this like my brain shuts down. I can only say like she slays when I talk about her like because she slays i think i love (laughs) zelda i'm gonna let my girls out i'm sorry one second the dogs are like she does slay yeah (laughs) she slays queen (laughs) she serves they're like yeah (laughs) we stand we We stand her (laughs) okay sorry hello uh let me resume uh what was I saying? I think that Rina Sawayama is just like so talented. She has like 
more talent in her pinky than I have in the rest of my body. One, just her music is incredible. And then two, she's able to speak to like her personal experience. Like her music is so inspired in it from herself. Like I think Sawayama, her that album is so perfectly her. Like it feels like it's an expression yeah. of herself really strongly, uh, which I think Hold the Girl doesn't have quite as much like she's putting herself into other mentalities a little more just because she doesn't she used a lot of her life experience on that first big album right whereas the second album is like exploring more themes which on first listen was harder for me but i've really come to really enjoy it um i think she is really incredible i love her kind of uh weaving in figuring out her queerness figuring out her uh Asian-ness like into how she plugs herself into society into life um and her pop music is super good like <laughs> this album is so listenable right mm-hmm. so yeah 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 sorry uh, I'm a little yeah. long-winded but all that is no, no, no. That's, what that's I be- think about her so in other words you think that yeah, she slays I'll- she slays she slays yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh I, yeah, so, so like we cover I, me and Ezra, like our you know former co-hosts, like we covered this album very early on in like 2020, um, which is like three years ago, and so like we covered like Rena on that show, and I remember liking it, um, but then just like when Hold a Girl came out, like I, I just like, um, so I knew this hell. I, I listened to that song when it came out. I liked it. Um, and then, like, the other singles, I just didn't really pay attention to. And then the album came out. And on the the liner notes, it says, Rena wasn't sure she was going to write an- another album about trauma. I was like, okay, I need a little time before I get into that. Get into and she's this right dressed now. Like, like a big because- douche on the cover. And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, like, um, that being said, I love this record. I think this is, like... I think she's like kind of more focused, honed in on what she does better than with Soyama. I feel like Soyama, uh, that album, she was trying to like put on a bunch of like pop hats basically and like try, like, you know, like that show Crazy Ex Girlfriend, where like um, in order to express herself, she like puts on like a different genre costume to like express like this mm-hmm. new thing. I think, I think she was trying to do that with Soyama and this one, she's kind of narrowed. There's still a little bit of that with the, this hell is kind of Shania Twainy mm-hmm. and like Stanley. I'm sure you could point out all the influences. Like there's Lady Gaga isms and whatnot, but I feel like this is more about the, the journey to like finding peace. Like she hasn't found peace, but it's like kind of more settled in her journey of finding peace a little bit. So, all right. Um, Let's get into themes of this record. Uh, so, Caitlin, like listening to this record and enjoying it, or, or enjoying it? Question mark. What did <laughs> like? Caitlin's what did like, you I, feel I like? I fucking some... hate this album. <laughs> 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 Don't ever bring me on again. I just want to listen to Mariah Carey and my podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I loved it because I was like, oh, it's. I, I thought it was gonna be more. Um, who's that woman? She was married to uh, Elon Musk. Grimes. Oh, Grimes. Grimes. Oh, Grimes. Yeah. Oh, Grimes. Yeah. When I first just 
based on the album cover, I was like, is this going to be like Grimes? Like, <laughs> like that kind of? Like, oh, it's very pop music and it's very listenable. <laughs> so that's so Grimes. Yeah, yeah. To me, Grimes is like... Um, a vibrator on a table or like whatever. What I'm, like, like, if I'm going to hack, like I'm a hacker music. Yes, yeah, so yes, absolutely. Like she has like eight screens in front of her. She's typing, she's typing, she's typing. Yeah, it sounds very just like... Like that. Like, <laughs> Lisa, I thought it was just based on the cover. I was like, oh, it's going to be that. But it was very pop. And then the lyrics, I was like, yeah, this is a woman who's coming into herself, finding mm-hmm. her voice. I felt mm-hmm. I felt that very deeply. So I, that's, I feel like, what I connected with the most. I was like, oh. And then I looked up, like, how old she is and where she is in her career. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's finding herself. This mm-hmm. is like, she's mm-hmm. becoming something. Yeah, she's early on still. I mean, what about like, talk a little bit about that. Like, what about that kind of connected with you about the find yourself element? Like, let me look. Some of the songs I was like, oh, the, um, like the first one with the minor feelings, I felt the book minor feelings too. I was like, oh, this is like something I've been thinking about my whole life, but I've never heard it in pop music before you know because i just listen to mariah carey and she's not talking about how sad she is or like how she would feel like she fits in it's or about like, what it's like to be yeah, asian, asian american asian british you know, like <laughs> yeah, feeling a little like invisible or like people are judging me or like the family stuff yeah so like feeling the guilt and the shame and like trying to get over that i felt that whereas i was like oh mariah carey is mostly like heartbreak <laughs> Which, yeah, and to be fair, like Rena doesn't really sing about like how all she wants for Christmas is you. Yeah. So like, I think like it's about, but she about could, yeah, yeah, such, she, so. she could. <laughs> After listening to this album, I'm like, I think she could do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rena, Rena Slayweyama, but it's S L E I G H Weyama. Yeah, 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 North, yeah. North North Pole is better with you. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say like she did do like a duet with Elton John. Uh, oh. with like uh the chosen family, like they like where Elton John's like, you are, you are my chosen, chosen family. So like it's pretty good. Great Elton I gotta John. Listen to that. Yeah, it's good Elton John there, Andrew. Thank you. Um, uh, it's a lot of about a relationship with her mom. Uh, there are several songs about a relationship with her mom, both her and herself in a relationship with her mom. Uh, see, catch me in the air. And then uh, another song, which is kind of an imaginary kind of placing herself in the shoes of like, if she had been, like, uh, Send My Love to John is sort of a play on how she feels about her queerness with her parents as well. So, um, although it's written from the perspective of a queer man, or at least, a, you know, a non-accepted male-male relationship or relationship with a man, um it's still, you know, reflective of kind of her feelings. And then obviously there's a lot of coming into herself with minor feelings and your age. And then there's just some songs that are kind of for fun. Like this hell is for fun. (laughs) You know, I I like that one a lot. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. We're in hell. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I like, I love. I really, I'm really identifying with all of her music. Very specific to me. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, This hell, this hell I love. I love her little country accent that she's doing on it too. Like she's really playing it up. I looked at, I looked that one up. It was like a, is it like a Shania Twain ode to 
let's go girls yes yes have you seen the music video no i gotta watch all you should watch the music video for that because it's very fun she's like in a cowboy hat and a wedding dress and like this hail is better with you (laughs) oh my god i love it i was like oh it's going from like pop now it's a little country yeah it's a little bit of everything yeah it's like it's like shania meets uh kesha for me on that track yeah, like, and also, like, Shania is very pop also. Like, even though she's a country artist, it's, it's so, like, she, it's just, like, uh, like, a, like, a primer for pop music while also, like, inserting a lot of therapy into it at the same time. Uh, so, yeah, Stanley, where are you at with this one? What, yeah, what are you thinking? I, I think, I think we kind of touched on the main themes, but I think it's awesome how, like, music is the only thing that we use for, in- well, that's a lie. We use a lot of things for enjoyment <laughs> and therapy, but, like, but I think she does a really good job. No, it's the only <laughs> thing. nothing else. <laughs> um, but but she does a really awesome job on this on this album of giving you moments of just pure joy, even though she is dealing with a lot. She's going. She's in crisis mode throughout most of this album. It feels like. But at the same token, like she has these fun, like like this. Hell, I think she has a pound for pound the most um, catchy melodies and hooks on any album we reviewed so far this year. Like. Everything is oh so gosh, catchy yeah. and so easy to remember and want to sing along to. Uh, and yet she is kind of dealing with that that inner child and, you know, with the trauma of her upbringing and, and dealing with a lot of things in her her sexual orientation and acceptance within her communities, her various communities. It's, uh, it's a really kind of heavy album in some ways, but it's very digestible because it's so fun. Like you were talking about like, the song this hell like even like the uh the devil's wearing prada da, 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 with you. like that's just one section in that song of like five great hooks in that song okay um, every part of that song is a hook though like even the verses are like da da or the the bridge where she's like uh uh, got my invitation to eternal damnation. <laughs> yeah, damn it, not tonight. Like she's just like, yeah, it's it's Kesha. That's that's where the Kesha comes. It's, it's very like, Kesha. I was gonna yeah. say it's going out music, but also with a message. Yes, yeah, it's going out music, but it's also coming home music. Yeah, right. It's like before and after. It, no matter what happens at the going out part, like you might be like, maybe you go out, you meet someone, it's going awesome. It's like, yo, this hell that we're in, it's way better with you. You might be going home by yourself, and you're like, "Well, it's hell to be alone." But it's better than being with like someone who's shitty. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that you is now yourself, right? Like it's like yeah. no matter how you slice it, she she gives you something that is both introspective, but hell of a fun ride. You know. Oh, I was just saying, she's making um this hell fun. Yes. <laughs> she's like she's like, I'm gonna make something of my trauma, and I'm gonna still Literally. enjoy my life. Literally. Mm-hmm. That's what it feels I like. actually, I have a hard time even bringing myself to sing along to the song sometimes, because it's like saying, like, uh, welcome to eternal damnation makes me be like, oh, hell is scary! <laughs> <laughs> it's scary! It's so scary! Like, it's a messed up thing to think about and to consider. Like, so... Uh, I want to talk about that song a little later. Like I want to get into it, like in the actual song discussion. Um, but like the theme is just like, um, it's kind of like just about reparenting yourself. Like that's the hold the girl. The title is literally like hold your inner child. Mm-hmm. Like don't abandon or abuse your inner child because if you grew up and either you were 
abandoned by your parents or they weren't enough or they didn't protect you or they abused you, um, what can happen is you can grow up and then become an abusive parent to your inner child. Like basically, if you don't go to therapy, if you don't treat yourself, if you don't heal, it's like a moral imperative to heal yourself in essence is what I believe. So it's kind of like, uh, so it's like, how do you repair your younger self? How do you use your experience to aid others going through what you're going through? And uh, I think it's also like, uh, pressure cooked by the idea that she's also queer, femme, and Asian, and also mm-hmm. a pop star, and all like that's like another intersection in this intersectionality soup, where like she's she name checks like Princess Di and Whitney and Britney Spears, these people who are like crushed by the pressure of being like a public figure, and like, uh, so she's she's like showing what that's like, and she's also showing how difficult it is. She's showing how like there are moments of genuine peace and tranquility, like with uh, "Catch Me in the Air," but then it immediately crumbles in forgiveness, and immediately she's like, "Wait, I have like a whole life to live. Like I have to do this every day now," and it's like then she like kind of like goes astray for a few songs and then she comes back and like, she like uh, wants to like hold this phantom of her inner child again. So that's like, I, I, I love it. So <laughs> it's, it's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, being a human is hard, you know, like I'm, yeah. I'm learning like now that we, we have a dog and, and seeing life through her eyes, like she just likes to rinse, repeat the joys of life every single day. Right. Like, like when we get home, she is so happy. When we feed her, she's so happy. When we play, she's so happy. When she's tired, she sleeps. Right. And like, and nothing else really kind of bothers or challenges her the way that being a human does. And being a human that has multiple identities is even worse, right? In some ways, because you have to balance all these things and still kind of function in a society that doesn't necessarily make space for you to function or allow you to maintain your inner child, right? It's like society's primary job is to somewhat kill that inner child and so that you can be more uh, docile or more easily molded into what we want people to be uh, for, for our kind of capitalist ways of, of living to function. And I think, I think this record talks a bit about like capitalism too and like the challenges that that, that poses to people who want to you know, balance those those various parts of themselves while still being accepted. You know, acceptance is so important. So, yeah, it's t- it's tough. It's tough, but it makes it easier when you have cool hooks. Mm. And also, like, yeah. And also, this hell like is, um, like there's an element of like, first of all, having a community that endures this hell with you. Like the like the hellish world we live in. It's it's better to do it with with people who know what you're going through than to do it alone and then also it's easier to do with like a good relationship to yourself a good mother-daughter relationship with your inner child is like kind of like and that helps you empathize with your parents who like failed or like who messed up in a lot of ways or like it's really it's it's a lot going on here so it's like the forgiveness too that song was like you just yeah you have to constantly forgive yourself Forgive the world, mm-hmm. forgive your parents, just day in and day out, just accepting. Yeah, and then and then the balancing act, right? Like, because like Caitlin, I think 
you know, when you talked about, you know, going through these white spaces during a week and then going back to more Japanese or, or familial spaces over the weekend, right? Like, it's like that, that balancing act that you may have faced. What was, like, did you feel that? Like, did you feel that? And were you, were you, were you sometimes challenged to feel comfortable in a particular space over another as you kind of grew in your career? Like, what was that like for you? Well, what was confusing was I felt more comfortable in my mind, like at home in Orange County with just all my what, little white friends and we had, you know, you do Girl Scouts and whatever. And then I would go to Norwalk on the weekends and play basketball with all the like Japanese American girls who like had all these pens that I'd never seen, like gel pens and like stickers. And they'd be like, you don't have that. And I'd be like, I've never seen that because we're not getting that yeah. in Orange County. It's like, so I, I think I struggled more to fit in with the Japanese American community as a child mm-hmm. and like in my teen years. But then as I grew older, I realized it's so in it's like ingrained in me that then I was having a hard time fitting in in white space like business mm-hmm. or commercial spaces professional <laughs> you know like everywhere on sets and like the theater and you're just like oh it's a lot of like projecting on me what you guys I never saw mm. in myself yeah I yeah didn't experience it that way I was just so insulated I think from it until I really went out into the workforce and then you know started really auditioning a lot and you're like oh there's a big world and people see me a certain way that I never saw myself so that was kind of like my brain kind of broke I which that song Frankenstein I was like oh <laughs> yeah yeah I feel like that <laughs> a little bit of a monster amalgamation of all different kinds of things which the whole album kind of felt like too totally yeah so, yeah, I feel like we get, like, deeper into, like, these themes a little bit more uh, when we talk about individual songs. Uh, right after this break, click. So, and we're back here to talk about Rina Soyama's Hold the Girl. So, let's start with Caitlin. What is a highlight song that you enjoyed? Um, I mean, the first song really hit me, Minor Feelings, because I've been feeling that. And when I was listening to it, the first listen, I was like, oh, pop song. And then... As I listened to it again, I was like, oh, this is for me. And now I have to share this mm. with every Asian American woman I know who also doesn't listen, wow. <laughs> who also don't listen to music. I'm going to be like, you guys got to listen to this. It's for us. And it's like specific to how we've been feeling these past couple years. Uh, oh, we are here. We are seen. There are people that are doing stuff to represent us. We're not just uh, going to have to suffer in silence. It felt good. I uh, watched like Crazy Rich Asians like whenever it came out. And I don't think I don't even think that's like a particularly like great movie. Like there's some moments that are like, wow, it's really amazing. But like I didn't think it was like that great of a movie. But like even just just seeing Oh yeah, that's like what my family's yeah. like. That's what like that's the weird dynamic, and that's and seeing like how culture impacts the way this mother character sees mm-hmm. this other person. Like that, just just sitting in that for like two hours was just like where in my a lot of my life I had to 
empathize with characters that were whites in media yes. or like white or like other races in media and which is like great it's a beautiful thing actually like the idea of just like oh like see yourself in like other populations mm-hmm. but it was just so lovely to like just sit in that theater for that like duration of that movie and it's just like it, it was this refreshing thing so yeah i went yeah. with uh some of my girlfriends and we we're all like crying but I think for that, I was like, oh, I'm not rich. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it doesn't really speak to me. That I mean, I like seeing Asians, but for me, I was like, oh, this is a fantastic rom-com. That could be like, have you seen Beef? It kind of reminded me of that, this album. Beef on Netflix is so good. And so like, I feel like from all the friends I have that have talked about it, it's so representation representative of like, you know, uh, I feel like the main theme is like this rage. It's not necessarily like an Asian story. Like that's what they were telling. Like some of the writers were talking about that's obviously reflected in it, but they didn't want it to become another, like, like this is my trauma, my trauma as being an Asian person, like that informs it. But it, it's like beef is so accessible while still being like a very poignant piece of art. I love beef. I thought it was so good. Yeah. That's what this album felt like a little, it was like very, it represented what I feel on the inside, my interior life, but then also represented the exterior. So it was like very connected. Finally. I just want to speak very briefly about that song a little bit. It's just like, um, so there's like the idea of like be like the difficulties of like being Asian and having those things kind of be minimized and stuff, but also like maybe some religious trauma too. the idea of like, um, or this is at least what I read out of it. Like, how am I supposed to feel when you're telling me that nothing in my life is real? Like, that's like my experience, like growing up in the church. And like, they kind of like tell you over and over again, like, uh, this world doesn't matter. Like, you're kind of working to like the ideal is you're trying to be- become your perfect form in heaven and stuff like that. And so it's just kind of like this real mind thing that like it really like affects you as a child and you're taught that as a child basically and like you're that now as an adult you're trying to figure out like who that is and then there's also probably like some like i'm probably just reading into it a little bit too much but like there's probably like some sexual trauma there and like parental trauma until it just like and she represses 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 until just like boils over and it's like the all my life da, 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 da. it's like so big and like almost demonic and like how like how much these voices have kind of built up and stuff like that and everyone telling you they're just minor feelings they don't you know don't think of it that way don't like stop making a mountain out of a molehill but it's it's yeah so this album is like basically letting that go yeah. Like push all those feelings down so you can get into heaven or like don't speak out uh, so you can get into heaven. And it's like, hey, what are we you're making real life hell (laughs) by projecting all that? Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's right. By totally like you are you have um, censured the world basically to your standards. And then now anything Mm -hmm. that differentiates from that is wrong you know uh did you Mm -hmm. see the tweet the guy who was like electric cars aren't in the bible like uh like da 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 and he was being for real but then this girl was like you know tables aren't in the bible refrigerators are not in the bible butter is not in the bible like just like listing a million things that are not in the bible that like 
of course they're not in the Bible like because the Bible was written 4,000 years ago, you know? So it's like. Yeah, she was like, printers, not yeah. in the Bible. Props, <laughs> not, not in, in the, the Bible. Bible. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. that girl. <laughs> my, one of my highlights on this album, I'm just going to hop up, hop right on in. Yeah, please, uh, please, Send My yeah. Love to John is my number one highlight with a bullet. Send My Love to John. Uh, made me literally cry so hard I had to pause it the first time I listened to it. I had to start over the song, cried so hard I had to pause it, start over the song, <laughs> cried so hard I had to pause it, just finish the song. It was just like, it is like, it's a little bit that thing where when gay people make gay art, they like have this fantasy that eventually their parents or whoever are just get, like, finally like, just kidding we love it now (laughs) like we're sorry we were wrong oops like we were wrong oops and uh of course anyone wants that for this might be oversharing on the podcast i might need to not uh say as much but this is good uh i want that and don't necessarily get that from all aspects right um and so listening to that song and like i think it's so perfectly reflective because like I totally get the difficulties of, you know, seeing my life as being secret or seeing it as like, because it, it, it was secret to me to some degree for a long part of my life, right? So it's new to them, not that new, but more new than it is to me, right? So I'm just, I, I love the ability to go, hey, I recognize this is bringing you joy and that brings me joy. And putting that in the song, it's like fantasy, a little, it's like a, fantastical representation of it but it's beautiful to me and it's like um that realization is like what i you know if if there's ever like a conversation where it's like what do you want from me i basically will just send this song like the, act like this right like you don't even have to be 100 percent on board you just have to recognize what's good right so yeah i feel you i feel you michael i moved home during covid and i realized a lot of what i'd been struggling with is just like wanting my parents to accept me for who i am and see me as a person not as like what they want to see me yeah it's not even a queer thing necessarily i don't think like i think everyone wants their parents approval right and you know it's it's she's so good i love her she slays. You know, Andrew, you said earlier about the the bigness, like how you didn't say that word, that's not a word, but how how big some of the tracks were. And I feel like this is the part where she stopped making big kind of stadium status um songs. And she really stripped down to the core of this battle that she's facing. And that like you said, Michael, a lot of us are facing, you know, wanting that acceptance from our parents, right? And and for her, it's like amplified and it's, it is so raw. And I think that it was effortless. You know, I'm, I'm learning how to, how to play golf and play tennis. And one thing that I realized through coaching is that I, I hold on to the club too hard. I grip too hard and I get way more accuracy and power from being effortless with the swing. And I feel like she was effortless with her swing on this song. Like totally. there was no like gripping too hard and like, really singing her ass off on certain tracks that she does earlier in the album. It was just, if you want to know Rena, just listen to the song and you feel like you're having a, a real authentic conversation. Like authenticity gets waved a lot in today's world. This sounds authentic. 
Like that's mm-hmm. what authenticity sounds like. So it's beautiful. Like there's there's so many bad versions yes. of the song. They're like And you it's know, so like, easy to go off course with this where it's like uh rolling my eyes like yes the execution can be so wrong so easily mm-hmm. and it works so well on this like i i don't like oh i'm like getting goosebumps right now talking about it oh so like the 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 little background of the song like the the apparently like uh rena's friend is gay and i can't believe uh, Rena's has a gay Re- friend <laughs> I know, <laughs> what oh i know <laughs> like what? What? <laughs> uh, but like, Re- Rena's friend is gay, and Rena's friend's mom called Rena for some reason. And then at the end of the phone call, like the parent wasn't affirming, and like wasn't like the parent that this person needed. And then all at the the mom ended the call by saying, "Send my love to John," or "Send my love to whoever this person is." And so like that was what she could. That was what the mom could give. That she couldn't give anything else. She couldn't give. I actually think it's good. I actually like accept this. I accept you. I'm like I'm sorry or any of that stuff. That's all. That's the most she could give. And then Rena took it and actually sent love to John. Actually, like g- gave that therapeutic thing that a lot of queer kids need to hear. And like um while it's from the perspective of the mother it's mainly from the perspective of rena it's from it's what rena wants a lot of parents to say and it's like while we can't like maybe we don't live in a world where we can get that we can give it that to ourselves we can listen to songs like this that can give us that feeling yeah, and it's... and most key I feel here is we can give it to those in our like chosen families, which is another theme Rena hits on a lot. Is like I don't know, like making sure. Sorry, I'm like about to cry. Uh, making sure that we're saying as much to those around us, like recognizing that you know, not infighting, and instead building each other up in our lives, and making sure that we are making the greatest uh, like i don't know making sure as a gay person i see another gay person and i am happy for them and i and i encourage them in their life and in their relationship and like i don't know like their love might not look like mine right but that's the purpose of being able to be out and queer and live your life authentically right is doing that for yourself and uh figuring that out for yourself and i think that's really beautiful and it's hard even for me sometimes i'll roll my eyes at like you know i I said the other day as like a joke i said someone is in last place in a polyamorous relationship like that was a joke that i made but uh then i I like had to think about it like it's a funny joke right but i was like what what do i mean from this you know like do what what do i actually think this right like i had to kind of take those steps back like they're doing what i'm doing in a different way you know, <laughs> so yeah. First, I just want to thank you, Michael, because like I think that what you're expressing is is the is the idea of identity and why we want identity to be expressed externally, because it is all fun and dandy to ex- to experience life and understand who you are, which is already a, a huge mountain to climb. Like trying to know who you are, know thyself. But then once you know that, if you are then met with this like wall of refusal or rejection on the outside 
then it's like who you are becomes everywhere you are able to navigate, right? It's like you can't go anywhere else but internally. And that becomes a really kind of small space, small room. And I think it's beautiful when you get a chance to kind of uh, explore bigger spaces uh, as yourself. You're, you're fully as fully realized as you can be as your full self. It's great to kind of stand in that be like, hey, this is me. Now, are you going to either support, celebrate, or at least get out of the way? Or are you going to stand there as an adversary? Because if you're an adversary, then it creates all this, you know, this um right tension. i don't want to be i don't want to end up as the top rung of the ladder that other people have set up for me i want to be yeah. the rung that helps boost other people up who need yes. Right. yes 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 yeah, take care exactly of each it. other yeah and that's and that's where my my other highlight uh i mean i have a lot of highlights from this album but like i like i like imagining a lot because it's oh, kind of like that's my other one oh. <laughs> right like it's just it's just a it's it's yeah. the it's almost like the alternate the alter ego of send my love to John. It's kind of like, okay, like if I'm just going to be as, you know, fuck you, you know, I'm going to be me and fuck you and whatever you think, like, this is what that kind of sounds like and feels like. And then, uh, and I know like, and we've, I mean, Andrew and I've had 10 episodes about this guy, but there's a little, there's a little Kanye to it at (laughs) Uh the end. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And I don't mean to say it, but I mean like, I mean like 2011. Okay. It's more like Jay-Z watch the throne. Can I say that? Like, it's, it's like, Uh it's like the way that it breaks down. Like, I kind of love that. Like, you know, that 808s, like the, at the end of that track. And then there's a little bit of like auto tune or, or a vocoder that's happening there that I really like. It yeah. reminds me of like yeah. a Sonic the Hedgehog song. The drums are like, yes, 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 <laughs> yes. And, oh my and, god, yeah. her the what she does with her voice on this song, the like the minor yeah. scale she's using is so fun in this. Song. Yeah, yeah. And then my 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 pop reference for this song was Lindsay Lohan. Uh, rumors uh, yes, totally it, right totally it's just rumors. it just sounds like oh. it's like if Lindsay had like the same and the, all due respect to Lindsay lohan love parent trap like it's great um <laughs> uh, fully loaded <laughs> yeah but it's like if Lindsay had like the talent of like a an amazing like top end singer songwriter it'd be this track like she'd do this song so i really yeah. love it for that too i'm gonna go watch john wick four eight more times right after this I'm gonna watch her I climb got, up a main stack. Hey, 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 hey! Spoilers, John Wick Four. Spoilers, spoilers here. Jeez, Marina Oyama kills somebody. Are you really that? Yeah, is that I didn't. Really I didn't think she was. I think she was gonna kill anyone. Is that person John Wick? Is it another John? Like, what's happening there? I don't know. Yeah, send my love to John. Send my hate to a different <laughs> John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my highlight is. Catch oh, me in the yes. air, like that's my yes. number one, number one of the bullet. It's like the 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 background is it's about her mother, but I do also think it's about herself and like her parenting mm. her inner child and like her like the security knowing that you won't abandon yourself. It's about like generational joy instead of generational trauma. Like, what did your mother pass on to you that was good? Like what did your mother pass on to you that you maybe didn't like at the time, but when you're pushed to the ledge, you can fly. Like it's a, it's a song about look how far we've come. It's a song about, and also like one day, like if you're lucky, 
you get to take care of your parents, like the way they took care of you when you were a kid and stuff like that. And like as they get elderly and such. Um, yeah, I don't know. It makes me, it makes me cry. It's like, it's the, just the childishness of mama. Look at me now I'm flying. It's that, that restoration in that moment of this time where you didn't have to be so guarded all the time, this time where you didn't have to be like so cynical and so like bitter all the time, like this moment. So it's, it's so good. Yeah. It's such an uplifting visual, right? Like, so catch me in the air is implying that you are also flying with me, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just so, it's so inspiring to think about that, right? Like, I don't know. I, I love, I love that visual. And then it smacks you in the fucking face with forgiveness and goes like, "Just kidding!" Like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, catch in the air. You're gonna fly. You're gonna fall. Yeah, fly, yeah. Gonna fall. <laughs> I think that is life. I talk about this a lot. Uh, or, or track ordering on albums is so important. Like, mm-hmm. even if your song has half good songs, if they're all in one half of the album, I'm gonna freaking hate the album. Like, mm-hmm. if they're all in a row, your album is terrible. This song, every song, yeah. this album, pretty much every song is good, and it's ordered perfectly. They, I, it doesn't like run out of juice at any point. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I can make it to the end, and I feel like, oh man, I love this whole thing. You know? Can I push back a little bit on that? A little yeah. bit, I just because feel free to push yeah. back. Because here, here's the deal. Okay, so, so it's like hold the girl, right? To uh, mm-hmm. this hell is better with you to uh-huh. so catch me in the yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so great and then <laughs> and then it's forgiveness and for like me you have to put that song somewhere and i know at the end I, I know and it's not it's not like a, a criticism in, in terms of it being a bad song it's just like i'm listening to this for the first time i'm just like yo i'm having a freaking sing-along i'm having fun with this and then it's forcing me to then leave that space so it's like it's like a low that's life. real life. I know, that's and that's what's, and that's, <laughs> I know, but that, and that's why it was, it was a low light, not because the song, I love the song, but because of that experience I had the first time I listened to it, where I was just like, man, where, where are we going next with these like sing along tunes? And then I'm like, oh fuck, I, <laughs> I have never imagined I would find myself on this podcast saying. Don't. It's okay to have a slow song. Oh, okay. But, <laughs> but it is okay to have a slow song. And also, it's still fun to sing along to, I'm going to say, because it has this, like, like at the end yeah. of the chorus, that's fun. And I don't know. It's sad, but if you turn your brain off, you can just sing along. And it's so fun. <laughs> yeah. And I did afterwards. Yes. Good. 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 It's like this song is so, but so real. Like, like say you do forgive the person that abused you. But you still have to live with the consequences of what they did every single day. Like, you still have to, like, your brain chemistry is different because of how you were treated as a child. So, and that could lead to resentment creeping up again and anger creeping up again. Like, I forgive this. I forgave this motherfucker. Like, Mm -hmm. and then, then you're getting mad at yourself. Like, I should be over this. I should be, like, I should, what am I? And then you're questioning, like, well, what even is forgiveness? Like, is it? like an actual relationship with this person or is it like absolution? Like it's okay Mm. what they did or is it like, just like we'll just go our separate ways and move on. Is that actually forgiveness? It's, it's like the thing that thing that this song is, it's like, it's every day. You have to every day and every moment you have to forgive. You have to find a way to Mm -hmm. whatever that means to you. Actually, it doesn't actually mean one Mm -hmm. thing to everybody, but like, um, 
it's like every day and every moment until there's nothing to forgive. And it's such a winding road. And I think the album, ultimately, the last track is about just accepting that it's a winding road, mm. not like being mad that it's a winding road, like not being like, oh, I feel sad. I guess I'm fucked, you know, forever. Mm. So I'm yeah. going to re-listen to this whole album again with all your guys' thoughts in my head and be like, dang. Caitlin, do you have any other highlights you want to hit on? I mean... Just the Frankenstein I, I, I liked because I like kind of like rage music <laughs> sometimes. Oh, yeah. She yeah. loves the song yeah. Frankenstein as well. That's like her highlight from this album. Um, mm. yeah. I have a hard time getting into it as much. I want to really like it, but mm-hmm. it's just a, a song to me, especially with Imagining yeah. and some I love to John. It's kind of like, I don't, like, sorry, it's not it's not making the Michael cut as much. But uh, <laughs> with your perspective on Frankenstein, yeah. I can't wait to go like back little... and listen to it. So sometimes just feeling like a monster and you don't want to be like mm-hmm. that anymore. Like, and then forgiving, you got to forgive mm-hmm. yourself. <laughs> if you're at this state in your life where you're so like, like your inner life is so like chaotic, then you're going to look for someone else to say, please tell me I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Please tell me I'm beautiful. Please like tell me I'm okay. Cause like, I really don't feel okay. Mm-hmm. And like, but like it's, you're going to someone who can't give you that. Like what, and the shitty thing is you have to do it. Mm-hmm. The, that's the shitty thing. You have, you yourself have to do it. It, it's so unfair that, that's what happened in your childhood. That was not your fault, but you are responsible mm-hmm. every day for, you know, so that you don't abuse other people. I also, and it's so horrible. Well, I also was thinking, I wonder if it has also, like none of us can maybe talk on this, but the fame aspect, you start to feel a little crazy. Yeah. The power, and then you don't know what to do with that power. Mm-hmm. And it's confusing because people are telling you what to do with it. And then you're just like, I don't know if I'm doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I kind of, why I like the cover where it's like so unsexualized, mm-hmm. where it's just like this like dress that's not form fitting at all. And just this weird, odd thing that, you know, because um, she says her job. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I really was like, what is that? <laughs> But I think, Angie, what you're going to say is that, like, she said that the, the cover was inspired by the idea of, like, her being pregnant with herself, right? Was that, was that where you're going to no, go? No, I, I, didn't, I didn't say that, oh, but that's good. Let, like, me, that's let, really me, good. let me inform you all, because I did a little research, and, uh, <laughs> and, and Not, apparently... Did you say this? Ear, 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 ear. Oh, wait, that was me. Oops. No, I mean, I did some recon, because that's what I do on this podcast. Kayla, you don't know this yet, but, like, I'm the researcher here on the podcast. And so, anyway, so, yeah, she was talking about how she, because of this battle, right, this inner child. So, she was saying how she wanted this album, this album cover to represent that. The idea of her kind of being pregnant with herself and a, a rebirth of sorts. And then she also loved how she it was super memeable. And she loved that people were memeing the shit out of it. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's like back, a douche. Yeah. back to you, Andrew. Back to you, Andrew. I don't want to take too much of the research. <laughs> that's, that's what I do best. Yeah. It's an interesting cover. <laughs> I do not like it. I'm sorry, guys. Last highlight I'll point out, like, then I, I'll do, like, a one-two punch of, like, highlight, low light, and then we'll, like, just transition to low lights and then conclusion, um, is Phantoms, is mm-hmm. I want to shout out, is I do think, like, that's, like, the actual last song, and then To Be Alive is just, like, well, well it would be weird if we ended there. We have to, like, have one more song to, like, kind of, like, run it out. 
a little bit. Although I do like to be alive a lot. Um, but Phantom is just like her identifying what the actual inner child is. And to her, it's it's a girl pleasing the world, dying to be liked, looking mm. to be loved. That's the inner child. And that child is deserving of love and of care and of tenderness and of security and of safety. And we live in a world where that's not given, <laughs> you know, and we're taught to abuse that child in a way like we're taught to suppress and keep it down and make those mi- major feelings minor. And it's it's like the song is just like her trying to reconnect with that. It's just like, can I we kind of ghosted each other. Can we hold can we like be one again? I I listened to this like Theo Vaughn interview with John Mulaney and they were talking about addiction. Theo Vaughn, I'm not sure about his comedy, but like there's this moment where he was like, man, I think the reason I did so like I love, I love to drink and do drugs was because it kind of made me feel like a kid again. And I was robbed of that as a child, as an actual child. Like I was, my, my world was not safe as a kid. Mm. So, and getting sober was growing up, but also I resent growing up because I was robbed of that childhood, basically. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's so profound. And it's just like that that moment where she was like, here's what I would tell my inner child if I could. Mm. And it's so, and I think the thing that's so cool is like this, it's so dramatic. It's so, it's like the song, hold the girls, like hold the girl. Ugh! But it's also, it's really just like, be kinder to yourself. Hey, maybe don't tell yourself you're a piece of shit all the time. Hey, maybe don't read. To, you know, it's like it's just this internal hero's mm-hmm. journey. So mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give yourself an internal hug is what I yeah. felt like. I was like, be nicer. Hold yourself. Be nice to yourself like you're a little baby. And again, like be kinder to everyone else because they're all kids. Like your mm-hmm. parents were kids at one point that grew up to be a wounded children like adults like basically like we're so in a in a way we're so privileged to be live in this age because we have so mm-hmm. many resources mm-hmm. you know that they didn't have yeah and then low lights is just like i didn't really re- re- like resonate with your age or uh holy as much like i they felt a little slight they felt a little like people love those songs and I'm sure they mean a lot to people, but like they're, they're just like eight out of 10 instead of 10 out of 10s. Really? It's not a bad song. Totally. Either, so like it's a low light where it's like, this is like, this would be a great song on a worse album. You know what I mean? All right. Let's uh, go through file thoughts and rings. The way this works is we'll rate this album out of 10. The fun metric at the end. What a lovely fun conversation, edifying and stuff. Uh, so Caitlin, let's turn to you first. What do you think of this? Album? Ooh, I'm going to give it like a eight out of 10. Eight out of ten because um, it made me feel things. It uh, it made me think about things I hadn't thought about in a while, and it was comforting. It was a healing album for me, and I'm probably gonna re-listen yeah. to it a lot nice. for the rest of my life. Yeah. As like a, you're gonna be okay. You forgive yourself, <laughs> hold on to yourself, and just keep going. <laughs> we got we gave her a fifth, yeah. sixth yeah. album. Six <laughs> it's in my track. It's on my Spotify. or this is her new fifth. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. This is my new fifth. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I I yeah, I really enjoyed listening to a I mean, 
for me, a new artist, a Japanese artist. This is fantastic. I'm getting those same feelings when I, as I did when I listened to Fantasy for the first time. This is how I'm feeling. <laughs> Speaking to me where I am right now in my life. It's very specific. Um, I am freaking obsessed with this album. I love Rina Sawayama. I really like Sawayama. I like really like a little less uh this album but i still love it right um i think the chaoticness maybe relates to me more which maybe that's something i should reflect on for myself you know like the (laughs) album that's a little more put together is uh, not something i relate to but maybe you know whatever i'm figuring it out whatever uh but i love this album i think it's so beautiful um i just love her i i she is like my pop star at the moment. Um, I beg to be on this episode. Yeah. I love, love her, love this album. Um, I'm going to give it nine uh, mothers catching their daughters in the air out of 10. Ooh. Uh, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed this album. I think that as someone who who grew up in the golden era of pop music, I, I think this really resonated to my pop side. And, and it's the kind of pop that I like because it's not just filler pop. There's a lot of, you know, a texture to it. It's like, a, it's kind of like going to Dairy Queen and getting a blizzard that's filled with like so many different types of flavors. It's not just one piece of chocolate in there, um, which is not how a blizzard works, but you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed it. I think it's a, an easy listen for someone who's not familiar with, with her work, but also an album that's going to encourage, I think, everyone that listens to it. Uh, to do a deeper dive into who she is as well as her other work. So uh, I'm going to give it, uh, God, I got to think of something. Uh, maybe nine um, kind of like air catches. Like imagine if your mom was catching you in the air. Yeah, so like that's good. Air catches out of 10. Well, let's try that. Like let's it. try that. Oh. I like it. Is that good? Yeah. Uh, did you yeah. know if you turn Rina Sawayama Ooh. upside down in this dress, she stays in the dress? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Because <laughs> uh, she's like a blizzard, you know? Ah, <laughs> click. Oh. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Well the joke is funny when you explain it after and ever, yeah. everyone. Yeah, I, goes, I legit didn't oh. know what you were. I, I legit didn't works. know what you were referring to. Like that's if I had like, interrupted I, steadily and done it, you would have made more sense. <laughs> I held myself yeah. back and did it. Oh, so good. you're welcome. Appreciate, appreciate the respect. <laughs> you're very Canadian, Michael, because you spent time in Vancouver, so you're very. Oh, respectful. don't you know? Bonjour, <laughs> je suis Michael Limentado. <laughs> yeah, I think this record's great. Uh, I, I, uh, it's a beautiful testament to the therapeutic nature of pop, like pop music just by itself, just like the, your Carly's and your whoever's Mariah's and whoever's that's therapeutic, mm-hmm. just beautiful, fun music. That's nice is therapeutic, but just like her adding the extra mile, her putting the, 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 peanut butter over the pill so your dog is able to eat Mm -hmm. it like it's so wonderful it's so it's it really trans like i i I, like it really like accelerates the genre it really like elevates it to a new level uh and she's just so talented the hook she she has it though she has the pop factor though Mm -hmm. it's it's she has like it's not preachiness. 
that's like boring or like, you know, and I, I like that there's room for, I like that she leaves room for unanswered questions and stuff. And I like that it's not resolved as if like she has all the answers or she's perfect either. It's just a very honest, but perfectly crafted piece of work. There's some songs where I'm like, I like that less than this one, but highs are pretty high. It's very consistent all the way through. It really resonated with me, made me cry a few times. I'm going to give it 9.5 um, stickers and scented gel pens out of 10. Nice. Love it. Nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, yeah, like that was that was lovely. Uh, thank you so much, Caitlin. Uh, yeah, it was so nice to meet you. Thank you for being so like this is a this was kind of an intense conversation. Yeah. So thank I didn't you so think much it was going to get so so heavy, but I was like, this really spoke to me. I've felt a lot yeah. of feelings and like dredged some stuff Absolutely. up. Yeah. So thank you so much for being receptive and for engaging and fun and uh, such a sweet person as well. Uh, what would you like to plug? Plug? You could just follow me on Instagram and doing some cooking videos, chilling. I have a show at UCB the first Thursday at 10, Thursday nights at 10. Anybody who's oh, listening and wants to come to our 10 p.m. show on a on a weeknight, uh, what, yeah. what's your handle? Where can we follow you? Um, I am at Totally Moto, and our show is called the Late Great Show at UCB Franklin. Mm. If you're in the LA All area, right. Stanley, you know, fly out for it. I will. I will. Yeah. I will one day. <laughs> after work, ever after like. Stanley's girlfriend is like, come on, it's 10, 10 p.m. Yeah. Like, I got to fly out to go, LA to go see down to America. <laughs> you know, First of the month. You know that Canadian First dollar goes a long way. So, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there in five years. Five years. <laughs> so, yeah, like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you can follow me at Andrew Ambrose Lee on Instagram. And uh, you can follow Michael at Living Taco on Instagram mm-hmm. and Twitter. You can follow Stanley at Snapasten on Instagram. Email us at I've I've been meaning to listen to that at gmail.com. Our social handles are IBMTLTT on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, give us a rating on Spotify or or Apple Podcasts. Like we are like on Apple, we're close to 50. So just like just put a few put a few up there. Um and uh yeah, Caitlin, uh, what song would you like to play us out with? Yeah, hey, it probably is gotta be a fantasy (laughs) (laughs) yeah all right so everybody thanks so much have a good day let's go girls Literally, look at my stupid T-shirt I'm wearing today. It's a Kermy <laughs> XCX. What does that say? Kermy XCX. It is Char- It is a Charlie XCX album cover, but if it was Kermit instead. Oh my god! <laughs> like that's that's what I'm doing. I'm like wearing my shirt, listening to Charlie XCX, and being like, "Oh, that's funny." <laughs> like to myself. That's what can, I'll be doing. Can you do? Can you do Kermit <laughs> the Frog singing Charlie XCX? <laughs> hey. Boom! Boom! Clap! <laughs> 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 yeah, that's, that's good that's good that works <laughs> <laughs>